Okay, hi everybody, and welcome to episode six or seven mm. or eight, maybe. Yeah. Of on purpose. Close to a dozen. We're close yeah. to a dozen. We're 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 approaching a dozen. Yeah, that's uh, journalist speak. Close to. Is that right? Yeah, more than <laughs> you, you hedge anything with numbers, you hedge. All right, so yeah. we're eclipsing a dozen <laughs> at right. some point. Yes. Um, a dozen uh, is on the horizon. Yes, uh, I'm Dr. Jeffy. Dr. John Duffy, and with me is Tribune columnist, your favorite Tribune columnist, Heidi <laughs> Stevens. Hello. Um, there's so much going on. One thing I realize in making a podcast with you is we're never going to be satisfied with the fact that we're keeping up. I know. I know. Unless it was <laughs> daily and actually probably like two or three times a day. Yeah. So if you could just clear your schedule, <laughs> that would be great. Right. So we could do nothing but sit in a podcast room and talk all day about it. Yeah. The news of the day. I think that's what we're going to have to do <laughs> yeah, from here on so. out because it just moves too fast. People are clamoring for it, don't yes. you feel? Oh, yeah, yeah. What do John and Heidi think <laughs> about this topic? Oh, wait, what do John and Heidi think about this topic? <laughs> right, so I, yes, you're right. People are waiting in their cars and yes. traffic. They're <laughs> sitting at their desks with their earbuds in. That's right. Eagerly awaiting the iTunes updates. That's right. So <laughs> until we get to that point where we're recording two, three, four times a day, yeah. um, we can talk about something big this week, right? That's what we're going to have to do. I think I think yeah. for now. We're going to settle for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, we'll get there. I feel there. comfortable with that. We'll get there. We'll get to the four or five times a day, yep. you know, where, where <clears throat> we never really leave these rooms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been going on this week that has our interest? Heidi? Well, my God, I think, I mean, where do you start? The college cheating scandal is still on people's radar. Yeah. And, and and actually, I hope it stays on people's radar. I kind of want to think of this as like the Me Too movement of <clears throat> the way we um, approach the entire college and actually really post high school experience for our kids. Yeah. So I hope we keep talking about that. I hope we talk about, you know, the the joke that is the idea of, you know, education being the great equalizer. Yep. Um, I hope that we can find ways to get it to be a little bit more of that. <laughs> yeah. um, I think we can find authentically. Like authentically. Really, yeah. Right. I hope we can use this as a reason to talk to our kids about how, you know, there are thousands and thousands of choices for them post high school that equal success and happiness and a oh. path toward both. Um, so I hope we stay on that one for a while. Today, I'd love to talk with you um, about Monica Lewinsky. Yes. Yeah. Did you see her on John Oliver? I did. I did. Um, and I was um, so excited. I, I, I'm always looking to hear her voice now since her TED Talk a couple of years ago now yeah. and her first Vanity Fair piece. Which was so good. So good. Um, I, I, I will admit to you that I was part of the problem. You know, 20 years ago. I was part of the problem. Yeah. Um, and Were you? Totally. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel sick about it. I can't imagine what she went through. So just to put, um, to see a human being, a three-dimensional real human being who went through all of this for mm -hmm. so long and hear how, what that was like. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, she wins you over very quickly because she is... Um, smart and she's thought this all through and she has I don't know I think we overuse the word courage but I don't think we overuse it with Monica Lewinsky right now I, agree. I think it was courageous to to sit down and talk and and I um it was curious to me I've seen him do interviews on set mm -hmm. with the, and he, I think he's got a studio audience mm -hmm. and it's not lost on me I, I've heard her say or read that she still has this post-traumatic reaction to being in public because she said it takes one person who still 
feels that way or wants to yep. quote one of the 175 rap songs that she is a verb in, yep. you know, um, and so she's kind of very skittish about that. That doesn't surprise me at all that she would be that way. And I had the exact same thought as, as I was watching the show and they talked about John Oliver made a joke like, and here we are in an apartment that neither of us lives in. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm sure there were very few people in the room. And I will say as a you know, journalist, I have been trying for years to interview her. And even when she's been promoting you know, a product or a movement or, you know, she's an activist as well. I have reached out to the person sending the press release, you know, Monica Lewinsky's on this campaign, blah, 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 blah. And I, and every time I say, uh, okay, I'd love to interview her. Never. No, absolutely not. And I, and I have written things in her defense for years and that is not that budging. Doesn't, doesn't get you the That interview. is not moving the needle. Right. E- even one bit. And I will say another thing that, you know, I interviewed Allie Raceman for the Chicago Foundation for Women Luncheon. In front of, you know, 2,000 people yep. um, over at the Hyatt or wherever a couple months ago. And as we were going in, I was like, how are you feeling? you nervous? Do you get nervous before these things? And um, she was like, well, the only thing that worries me is that now people can record everything. Right. And so you just don't know what people will take out of context, but it's recorded. So they can, it can be something I really said, but yeah. they don't include what I said right before it or right after it. Right. And I thought, good Lord, like the pressure. Oh, God. You know, if you're talking about something sensitive and that takes, as you say, a lot of courage to talk about. And in her case, you know, she's talking about being the survivor of sexual assault. Um, In Monica's case, she's talking about what we all know she's talking about. Um, And so I can see and and empathize with the temptation to control the environment as much as you possibly can. And then once it's out there in the world, it's out there in the world. But yeah. while you're in the moment talking, like just clear away everything you can, please. Right, right. I and I, I hadn't thought about Allie Raisman, but you know, right, I, I can imagine um I, I was in a circumstance not long ago where I met her momentarily. And um and I could tell that she was very aware of Everybody around, we were in a public setting, and, and she was kind of paying attention to, is there a camera trained on me? Yeah. Can I talk? Can I talk openly to this guy? You know, like, or do I have to be really cryptic and and careful? Yeah, it's a it's a weird time, you know. Yep. Um, but I think Monica Lewinsky would say, the weird time started with me. You know what I mean? Like that, totally. right? The advent of the internet met my scandal, and. Um, <laughs> It's interesting. I say I call it her scandal, and she kind of highlights the point that you know, like I wasn't the only one in the scandal. Right. You know what I mean? It's named after me somehow, right? Right. right. But, you know, and, I, and he asked her at one point, "Have you thought about changing your name?" And she's like, "Well, nobody asked him to change his." Yep. Which that stopped me in my tracks, kind of, you yep. know, um, because that's absolutely true. Yep. Never crossed anybody's mind. Nope. Um, and I've wondered whether she would think about changing her name just, you know, for the shame of having the name Lewinsky, you know, which is how awful to have to consider, right? Yeah, yeah. And actually there's a novel kind of inspired by the Monica Lewinsky-Bill Clinton scandal called Young Jane Young. And and that, and I, and in case anyone reads it, I won't say what happens, but but that idea, that thread is in the novel. Oh, is that right? The, the name-changing idea. Um, it's a such a good book if anyone is looking for a, I mean, it, it just, it does turn the whole, it, it gives you, it's fictional, but it gives you insight into not just what Monica went through, um, but like her mom. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, 
her friends, uh, all of it. It it just it it, it tells the uh, story of a congressional intern um, through I I want to say like six different narrators and and it's really good and and we don't need to stand that but I but I would recommend that book to people for sure I, I think um I, I think that we could be tempted to see Monica Lewinsky on a show and be like are you kidding me like <laughs> the thing happened in 98 it's 2019 right. nobody's running right. for office this time that's even connected to her anymore like come on can we please move on and i think the the point that you just made about no one asking bill clinton whether he should change his name and so many other points she made made me think like god let's not move on yet i don't think we have solved this one yet and and it was interesting to me that a lot of people who i talked to who who watched the show and a lot of people who emailed me after I wrote about her appearance in the show um, said, you know, it was fascinating. That would never happen today. Like she would never be treated like that today. Isn't it crazy how different things are? And I mm-hmm. thought, I think she'd totally be treated like that today. Oh man. There, I think it'd be worse. There's more avenues for her to be treated like that. More avenues. Yes. Exactly. I mean, it'd be worse. I don't know that like a Jay Leno would be making I don't know. How how do we know if Jay Leno would be making those same jokes and have a Dr. Seuss book called, you know, The Slut in the Hat or whatever right, the hell right, it's right. called. Um but, you know, like a Tucker Carlson would. I mean, someone with Sean a big Hannity. platform yes. sure still would. Of course. Plus there's Twitter. Plus there's Instagram. Plus there's Facebook. Plus there's. So, I mean, the and, all, and really all you have to do is go on Twitter, which she's on. And she's on, you know, pretty hilariously and, you know, yep. intelligently, bravely. And read some yes. of the mentions. And it's like, really? We're really pretending this wouldn't. Yeah, happen now. Today. She wouldn't be treated like this right. today. And and for every Jay Leno, there's somebody on Instagram who has you know X number of followers who can attack her broadly or anybody broadly. You know, right. like so. I actually think, oddly enough, her story, which is 21 years old, mm-hmm. in this age where technology is moving so fast, feels kind of wildly relevant to me right now, you know, like yeah. not not like history or not like something like, you know, to look back on, but a cautionary tale for us now. I think so, too, because I think that what it speaks to now is our human nature, our reflex to take someone who's made a mistake or erred in some way or had a public flaw and just mutilate them. Yeah. I mean, just be unrelentless in our jokes and our attacks and our shaming and our outrage. Um, and, you know, that stuff didn't really fall on on Bill Clinton. And we can talk about the double standard there, but I'd love to stay on her. I would Because too. I do think that's our our moment to, to learn from and maybe even evolve um, past, ideally. Um, because I think that that reflex in that human nature is still there, and you've got to see a ton of it with your clients. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the um, online bullying has to be. It's uh, it's rampant, and kids are wise to exactly how to exact like revenge. Um, I, I don't know if I've mentioned it on this podcast, but there was uh, about two years ago, I had a sweet, kind, seventeen-year-old girl in my office, and she said. Um, do you understand how Snapchat works? And I'm like, you know, I love learning from kids because I didn't, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I knew, like, I know something disappears. I know everything can go away, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know much more than that. So she gave me a little tutorial. And then at the back end, she said, 
the truth is I could ruin a girl's reputation with one snap. Wow. I could do it right now. And she said at the back end, the chilling part was, you want to see? Oh, my God. Yeah. And so so there was that kind of like inclination, like I could do it right now. Wow. You know, it's that simple. Yeah. And there's something it reminds me of road rage in a way where it's like because you're not seeing somebody face to face, it feels a little more comfortable yep. to really, really tear them down. Yep. Right. Um, and I don't want to ignore the you know, I think you and I are fall, have potential to fall into a trap of, of gender where, you know, we probably lean in favor of women in some ways mm-hmm. in, in these days. Um, but I'm thinking about boys doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, boys would do it, but usually there'd be something lighter on the back end or mm-hmm. something. You know what I mean? Like there'd mm-hmm. be like, you know, haha, dude, just kidding. Um, that said, um, I have also worked with boys who have set up like specific Twitter accounts about like, you know, um, this kid ought to kill himself, Ugh. you know, and, um, and, and that happens all the time. And, uh, I've worked with the victim of that as well. And it's painful because this has happened twice and both times their, their take on it has been, it's, it's no big deal. I think they're clowning around with me. You know, I don't think they really mean it in, in with their parents present trying to, I think, assuage their parents' anxiety, but feeling the pain of it. You know what I mean? Really, how could you not? You know what I mean? Peers are telling you, you know, you you are absolutely worthless. The world would be better without you. Yeah. So there's this dehumanizing factor. Um, I'm drawn to something else that feels outdated that I don't think is. Um, I don't know if you saw I, Tanya a couple, you know, a year and a half ago. I didn't. Okay. So there's this moment in that movie where she is the 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 scandal is in full force and she's walking past a TV and Letterman is doing his top 10 list and it's about her you know and mm-hmm. and um it's clearly about her and she's walking past um as if it does it doesn't even register it's so ordinary to her like mm. she so expects that yeah. that it's not like she sits down like oh i'm on somebody's mentioning me on tv yeah. it's more like oh yeah the top 10 list is about me again right you know and i think um today that kind of exposure happens on social media really really broadly yeah so yeah i think monica Lewinsky's situation would be far worse today because she would have so many more attackers and that those onslaughts i think would carry some weight and um and get retweeted yeah. uh, you know what i mean like i think there'd be uh, uh maybe a tiny bit of support but it would be overwhelmed by attacks i think that's exactly right i can imagine more people rising to her defense and more people saying hey wait a minute there's a bit of a double standard here right now in 2019 than there were in 98 um but but in terms of the vitriol and the um just you know sort of gleeful um rage directed at her i i don't think that would change and and i think to your point um a version of that is happening every single day i i would agree schools and communities yeah. all around the country. And I'm curious how we get at fixing that. I mean, you know, parental controls and monitoring and all of that stuff is is one avenue, but I can't imagine that it 
actually fixes anything really. Um, and I can't imagine it's really the only avenue. I mean, I, I'm, I have it fresh in my mind, a, a report that the museum put out about what newsrooms have, this, it just came out yesterday, what newsrooms have learned in the wake of Me Too, yeah. um, both in terms of coverage, um, how they cover sexual harassment and sexual assault, and make sure that they don't try to pretend it's something that only affects, you know, rich white women. Um, right. And also in terms of um, workplace culture. And one of the things they talked about in this report was that it has always been sort of a badge of honor for reporters to be tough. And so if you're getting harassed mm -hmm. in your email, which, you know, I do every day, um, you're not really going to talk about it because you're tough. Yeah. And, you know, what kind of reporter complains about mean email? Like, right. You know, a wimp. Um, and so I've got to believe that that is true of middle schoolers and high schoolers, too, yeah. and particularly boys. You're going to yeah. pretend that your feelings are hurt by something somebody said to you online? Not a chance, right? Not I a mean, chance. You know, you've got to swallow that because this is what boyhood, manhood, being tough, right. being mentally resilient is all about. And they're uh, your peers. I mean, that's yeah. the other thing I thought. Like, I get this shit from strangers. Mm -hmm. I don't... It's not people sitting around me at work or right or saying this stuff room, about me. Right? Yeah, right. I mean, I don't think. <laughs> it's like Rex Huffke came up with like a fake Gmail and harasses me, but I don't. Rex is lovely. I doubt it. Um, but I mean, the, you know, I'm not walking around the newsroom being like, who said that? I wonder who said that. But that's the life these kids, some of them are living, and it just is heartbreaking. It is. And it, it is a microcosm. And um, to hear it firsthand, you you hear stories of like you know yeah I know there are these five kids who are who have it in for me, and and this can be a boy or a girl by mm -hmm. the way you know what I mean like girls mm -hmm. can be vicious uh, just as much as boys can sure. uh, that that that's a fact, and so kids will figure out their way around you know the school in between classes I'm willing to be late for math, in order to avoid these people you know um, so they work hard to avoid these few kids, but inevitably they're face to face with these people who are picking on them. Yeah. And, um, and it's not kind of a John Hughes movie, you know, where it's like you're being shoved in the locker and eventually, you know, you're, you're the victor because the bully is, you know, kind of called out or right. something like that. And then it doesn't... you're homecoming king. Yes, exactly. The end of the movie. Yeah. This, this, this stuff doesn't work so cleanly. It yeah. has an, a mass, a massive impact on a kid's self-esteem. The words that they read and hear about each other, the memes that are made about them, Ugh. they internalize this stuff. And yeah. what I like about, just a step back to Monica Lewinsky, I think her point now, the reason that she's willing to um, step out and do a TED Talk and talk to John Oliver and, um, and write a couple of pieces for Vanity Fair mm -hmm. um, has something to do with, hey, whoever you're picking on, that's a person with feelings, you know? Yep. So, you know, like I was on the cusp of, and she mentions in the Vanity Fair piece, of suicide mm -hmm. at one point because mm -hmm. what do I have to live for? You know, like my name is is ruined. I, I The life I pictured that I could have had and should have had, mm -hmm. that never happened. That's mm -hmm. never going to happen. You know, what, every vision I had for my life is gone. And I just want to pause for one second because... This is the moment when a lot of people, 
will put their defenses up and go like, well, then you shouldn't have slept with the president. Right. Or you shouldn't have given the president a blowjob. Or, right. well, you shouldn't have. And 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 we do that to people. Yeah. And and we do that to our peers. Well, then you shouldn't have blah, blah, blah. Yep. Really? Really? You've never made a mistake? You've oh never done anything where you would give $2 billion to go back and undo it? Yep. So, like, if... You're having that instinct of the, well, she shouldn't have blah, blah, blah. And then she could have had the life she thought she should have had. Like, stop. for Like, just stop it. Stop. Right? And she absolutely, first of all, she will cop to. I mean, she she opens with, I think, just because of the uh, recognition of what you're saying, she opens with, hey, I'm not I, perfect. I'm not even claiming me too. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm just saying I, I was an adult. Yeah. But I will say this, you know, um, I have a son who's 23. I work with teenagers and young adults. She was 22 years old. Yeah. I get that's an adult that she can enlist. She right. can, you know, she can Legally, vote. Yes. There's all right, but you know, he was in his late 40s, and he was president. Of, you know, he was you know king of the free world. There right. was that. You know, right. there was a with mild power differential for previous presidents having all the affairs they wanted. <laughs> right. right, he's not even thinking he's doing anything all that different. No. No, Historically no, no. speaking, I think he felt like almost entitled. I, I can imagine that he felt like this is part of the. This is a perk. This is my JFK moment. This is my right. Yeah, exactly. she's my Marilyn. <laughs> kinda. Right. I'm JFK. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Same right. room. So, so anyway, your, your pause is is duly noted. I think it's a good point, right? You know, like right. Certainly, there are people, and I've read some uh, part of the threads coming out of your work on Facebook and other elsewhere that would suggest that a lot of people feel like, hey, you know, you, you make a mistake, right. you, you're, you're going to pay for it. made her bed, now it's time to lie in it. But come on, you yeah. know, like, let's be realistic and reasonable about this and recognize that we all do make mistakes mm-hmm. and there is a human being behind that who feels all of that, who sees all of that vitriol coming her way. And at some point, you're you can't, the most resilient person is not going to be resilient to that, you know? Right. So um, where I see hope, just because I feel like we're saying a lot of awful things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also, like, I, want, I, I, I love hope, and I also love guidance, and I think they yes. go hand in hand. Yeah. So um, I, uh, I've been accused um, of idealizing the younger generation, you know, like, you know, mm, this is, these are entitled people who really don't have a grasp on the world and all they really care about is their snap streaks and their Instagram likes and they're, um, they're really actually quite a selfish generation. Um, you don't have to spend much time with a teenager or a young adult now to recognize there is virtually no truth to that. Is that part of their world? Yeah. Is that part of what builds their self-esteem? Absolutely. It would have been for any of us mm-hmm. if, you know, if so, if social media were around then. Mm-hmm. They're also, because they're exposed to so much so young, they develop a point of view and empathy at very, very young ages. And so um, I think young people are actually the answer to, you know, how do we fix this? Because they feel empathy. They're, um, I talked to a couple of eighth grade girls last night um, as part of a school project, which was a joy. And um, and I asked them, do you see kids sitting alone in the cafeteria and what happens? And they're like, oh, um, no, like um, kindness and empathy are really important at our school. Mm, you know, and they're yeah. kind of saying this organically, whereas, you know, 
I would imagine that the word empathy was put down on an eight by ten piece of paper and stapled onto the wall of my school. Right. I, I don't. I don't think I knew that word until my twenties. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> I think they taught us that in freshman English. There is that college. too. They're aware of what empathy is. Yeah. And what I'm not de- kidding. And depression and anxiety. Yeah. They know that there are people suffering. Right. So they're like. So yeah, nobody would be alone for very long. And um, one of us would just walk over or we'd say, you know what, let's just move over and sit with him, Mm. you know, Um, and they mean it. They Mm -hmm. would do that, you know. Mm -hmm. So there is this kind of like inherent kindness. Let's not do let's not let this person suffer kind of thing. So the um, the talks that I and, and my ilk have been giving in schools for 20 years, I think kids are starting organically talks notwithstanding to adopt that. I think part of it is they see what happens on social media. They see the kids are bullied rampantly and there's a, enough of a backlash of a let's back down or we support, you know, coming up with a hashtag yeah. of support for this kid who's being, you know, picked on that um, that you can feel a little bit of balance. Like, so if you're that kid who's suffering and being picked on, you can feel like, okay, there's these people to lean on. You might not even know who they are, yeah. but just knowing they're out there gives kids a lot of comfort. And I've heard that firsthand many times. Well, that was one thing that Monica Lewinsky said, because John Oliver said, you know, do you, uh, something along the lines of like, do you ever wonder if Twitter were around back then or some social media were around back then, if that would have been a way for people to reach out and support you? Mm-hmm. You know, and she said, yeah, she said, you know, it, one person reaching out and recognizing even a shred of your humanity can make a huge difference. She said, you don't even know it could save someone's life. And, you know, that's her saying, like, look, I've been through this. One person would have been great. Yes. And, yeah. So I think, I mean, it sounds like a bit of a disconnect when we're talking about, you know, online bullying being rampant and kindness and empathy being rampant. It's like in the same generation, really both. But yes, really both. And yes. yeah. Yes. Good point. Um, and, you know, one kid who's, you know, leaning a little more in the kindness and empathy direction can see the online bullying and, and jump in there and go like, hey. You know, yes. Let's cut this out. And or, I get, hey, I see you. I see this happening to you. I'm I'm on your side, right? Absolutely. I get conflicted about this point because absolutely, that's a hundred percent true. And a, a a note or a word from a peer can literally, I believe, save a life. I think I've experienced that more than once, where it's like, you know, yeah, somebody finally reached out to me, asked me if I was okay, and I recognized I wasn't, you know, yeah. I didn't realize the degree to which I was in pain and I felt hopeless. Um, the trap I fear we're going to fall into is, oh, kids got it covered. You know what I mean? Mm. Where, and I hate to put that on kids. You know what I mean? Like, so there is this move, this counter move, I think, um, among kids who are depressed and anxious where they'll put, like, you know, memes about, like, you know, hang in there, you know, things are going to be okay, tomorrow's going to be a better day. I love that. I love that they're aware and supportive, but it's an awful, yeah, I went to grad school for five years, and after that, I still needed to be supervised, you know, because they had to listen to me and watch me to make sure I was heading in the right direction. Now we're asking 14-year-olds, oh, you're going to have to be a pretty good therapist, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to have to note when somebody... When what mental illness is and when somebody is suffering it, it's a lot to ask of kids who are probably suffering something themselves. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, I mean, do you think parents should be asking their kids if they know about this kind of stuff happening yeah. to their friends, to themselves? I mean, because it, it, I, I do go back to that little blurb in that report about newsrooms. Like, it is really hard to, number one, admit this stuff is happening to you, and then number two, maybe even harder, to admit that it bugs you. Yeah, yeah. No, I and I think um, parents have to play a role in this um, because just like we were talking about, um, you know, um, vaping and juuling and some other things we've talked about, um, I think you can start as a parent from a real macro point of view. So how does this bullying thing play out in your class now? Here's what it was like a generation ago. You know, here's mm-hmm. what we were worried about. And you would put a kid in a locker and you'd lock, you know, and then he'd be stuck in there. And, you know, or there'd be swirlies or there'd be, mm-hmm. you know, nasty comments in the halls or something scrawled on the wall. What happens now? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because I think it's okay now as parents to acknowledge our ignorance to certain things because yeah. there's certain things we don't know and kids are pretty good teachers, right? So the nature of bullying online, which is so potent because it's silent. Yep. You don't see it. Teachers don't see it by and large, right? You know, and it's 24-7. All the time. You don't go home at 3.30 and it ends. And you can look at it over and over and over again. And typically it's not like one standalone comment. There's typically piling on, right? You know, bullies are really good at getting other people to kind of follow their lead. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to pick on this kid. Um, and so to get a feel for how that goes, then you can start zeroing in on like, you know, um, are any of your kids victim to this? You know, are, are your friends, you know? Mm-hmm. And what about you? You know, mm-hmm. have you ever felt this? And I, the other thing I encourage parents to ask that they're loath to ask because they're pretty sure it's not true is are you ever the bully? Yeah. You know, are you ever on the other side of things? You yeah. know, like, and what what draws you there? Because we have this tendency, this is going to sound so absurd, to vilify the bully, right? right. You know, like, how, what an awful child. Right. But typically the bully has suffered something, right? And is, like, kind of downloading their anxiety or their upset onto somebody they see as weaker in some way. Right. Or the fact that... Both you and I opened this episode saying guilty about Monica Lewinsky. Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes you're just not even thinking often, most times maybe, you're not even thinking through like, wait, human Yep. doesn't deserve my scorn, my shame, my, you know, fun poking. Literally. Um, yeah, you're literally like human. I mean, I, I think that's the first thing is like, you know, oh, yeah. This isn't like all of us joking around about, you know, a cardboard cutout. Right. This is a person. Right. Yeah. I mean, I almost wonder if the Monica thing is like a good conversation to have with your kids. Like, you know, here's this person back in the news from 20 years ago. I actually have a little bit of regret, you know, kind of a lot of regret about yep. how I talked about her, thought about her at the time. It's a great idea, right? To, to, <clears throat> to cop to, and parents are reluctant to do this. To cop to, hey, we all did this. We were all kind of collectively, culturally, societally on board yeah. in vilifying this woman. It was she was a punchline. It was easy, you know, like it was easy and it was funny. It yeah. felt like it was really funny. Um, I don't know how you felt, but looking at partic- there was something about the Jay Leno bits that made me um, just sick, and Same. and I was I'm certain. I never thought Jay Leno was the funniest guy, yeah. but I'll bet I laughed at least one mm-hmm. of those bits in real time, Yeah, you know, totally. Um, just because that was in vogue and it seemed like 
it felt victimless, oddly. I know. Right? How? I mean, you know, it really did. It I mean, did. And, and, and maybe that's the gift of social media is that, you know, um, you can you can recognize their dimension to this person. You can see other things. You can see their posts. You can see how they feel about certain things, what they're involved in. Yeah. There's dimension in most people's profiles, right? And you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, this is a person. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and maybe that's something that's changed in the last 20, 21 years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that we're almost a little nicer to Stormy Daniels than we were to Monica Lewinsky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Stormy Which isn't Daniels... to say she doesn't get a shit ton of right. awful, awful stuff right. thrown her way. But to the point we were saying earlier, she also has her share of defenders. Yeah, it's I mean, the of... terrible stuff is for sure being said and thrown at her constantly. Right. And then there's people out there like, you know, she's hilarious. She's smart. Let's hear her. She's, you know. And she's kind um, of this anti-hero, right? With yeah. nothing. But, the, but the, I think there's a kind of a power differential there. Like she kind of has nothing to lose. She has a certain number of followers and those those are multiplying. Um, I don't know if somebody in Monica Lewinsky's place today would, she might amass more followers, mm-hmm. but that would be, that's the bystander effect. I think that's like kind of like, I want to just see what how this plays out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that might be fodder for more jokes about her and things like that. Right. 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 It's an, That's an interesting comparison though, right? I yeah. mean, because... You know, here's Stormy Daniels is with this history that would beg, I think, in a different place and time, um, a lot of negative commentary. And you're right, she gets her share of it. But the the prevailing feeling is that she's emboldened and empowerful, right? You yep. know, in a way. Um, uh, and, and I think there's a, a lot of people kind of rooting for her to, mm-hmm. like, you know, take down a president kind of thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there was much of that going on in the Monica Lewinsky days. No, she just got it from all sides. Yeah. 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 So I think you're bringing up a good point. I like the idea of parents starting a conversation and this, you know, even just looking at the John Oliver interview, you know, we watch this as a family. My son's older, but um, if you have, you know, 12-year-olds, 13, 14-year-olds, I think you can engage in a really interesting discussion and they might be interested enough in that story to look into it and i can imagine them wondering how could you be so awful to this woman you yeah. know like who went through all this stuff yep. but in real time it felt okay yeah. right it felt and and that's that differential and that dissonance might be important for our kids to hear and i think there are, i think it's easy to come up with a modern day example i mean i'm thinking right now of you know some of the kids in the college cheating scandal um and again it's it's hard to have your heart go out to them because, like, come on. I mean, their parents are are the actual criminals here. But right. But the, some of those kids had to know. Like, if you have never rode before and you're suddenly on the USC crew team, like, probably that should raise a red flag. Yes. So, right, you're in on it. Yeah. Um, but, like, the stuff that's being directed at them now. I mean, I wrote last week about... Olivia Jade, the daughter of Aunt Becky and Massimo. Um, right. Which, who's, who's actually, Olivia Jade is well known, uh, well known. Own, in her own right, right? right? Our, yeah. famous. And and therefore very easy to harass because yeah. you've already got the channels. They're right there in front of you. She's right. on YouTube. She's on Insta. She's an influencer. Um, I mean, I think that you could easily, like if your kid says, how could you have treated, you know, Monica Lewinsky that way, you could say like, well, let's talk about Olivia Jade, for example. Like, Absolutely. Some of the stuff that's being said about her. Like, again, 
flawed, made a mistake, didn't do the right thing in the moment, you know, still human. Yeah. I, and, and maybe that's the biggest point is like, you know, we're all going to make mistakes and some of them are going to be far more public than others. Right. Um, and uh, to talk to kids and maybe to consider ourselves like do people get second chances? Is there mm-hmm. an element of forgiveness culturally mm-hmm. that we want to afford people? And to what degree do we get to judge these things? You know yeah. what I mean? Like um, I uh, – Julie and I made a podcast uh, last week and I found myself defending the parents in this scandal despite – in full recognition that certainly there's um, elitism and white privilege and how dare you – in this, but being a parent, I, I don't know. I don't know the parent that doesn't care about their kid's best interests. Yeah. And so if they thought, okay, I'm going to pull out all the stops. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like even if it means, you know, I'm going to slip into criminal activity because mm-hmm. I believe that I, be- <laughs> I believe that USC for some reason and the rowing team is the right place for my kid. Uh, yeah. Even I, if she's saying on YouTube that you know right. I'm not studying. I'm just going to party. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I um, I think we need to consider angles and dimensions to all of these things because I think we have this because of the, the cycle moves so fast so like fast. we started with um, that we can paint somebody you know oh Felicity Huffman she's a bad bad person yeah you know what I mean she's done right like and and I think we stop thinking of nuances like you know because um, there was a guy in my office this week who said she's Kevin Spacey done. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <You Yeah. know>? <laughs> <laughs> really? Like yeah. that, that, that's, uh, isn't there any difference between, you know, but I think the cycle moves past these things so quickly that we don't take a pause and think like, okay, what's really happening here, right? Well, or also give ourselves the permission to just like opt out. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I have a hard time defending any of the, parents in the college cheating scandal, I think they kind of are awful humans. Do I need to then harass them online? No. Right. I can just like in my head decide they're awful humans and then move on to the next thing and make my kids lunches and go to work. Like, you know what I mean? I don't have to actually do something about that. And I think that's been lost a little bit. Like, I think you can just like read a story, go like, oh, gross, and then move on. Or like read a story and go, "This, this came up when I wrote about the cancer language, the language we use around cancer. And some people were so offended by this mom who I interviewed who said, like, I don't love the words win and lose and battle oh, used right, around cancer. Right. Yeah. Her four-year-old daughter had died of cancer. Both her parents had died of cancer. She was like, I don't like this language. I mean, people were outraged mm-hmm. at her. And I thought, like, I wonder if we ever just read something and go like, huh, I hadn't thought of it that way. I don't agree, but... Okay. Yep. Next. Like I, I And that's I okay, right? And that's I don't okay. agree, but like, it's a fodder and I'll maybe I'll consider that at some point. Right. But I can move on too. Right. And I think that's all along the same lines that we're talking about. Like you could actually watch the Bill Clinton Monica Lewinsky scandal playing out in real time and go like, Oh, what kind of moron yeah. sleeps with a president? The guy's married. And then you could move on. Like you wouldn't have to actually wish her death and harm. Right. And, and maybe um, the 24-hour news cycle and social media and the fact that these things kind of come up in storms. Like um, I was 
So I tend to see sessions back to back. And in between, Julie was texting me like, you know, hey, this thing is blowing up right now today. You got to see what's going on here. Um, and at the end of the day, I probably didn't have to see what was going on. There. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I get that it's salacious and it's interesting. Yeah. But. Right. Does it does it merit a comment from every single person on earth? Right? right. Or is it just like, you know, oh, that was stupid. Right. And, um, you know, I think maybe the best dismissal of it uh, came from a, a father and son uh, I was working with last week. If you're listening, guys, you'll recognize that I'm probably breaking your confidence just a little <laughs> bit. Um, and the dad turned to his son and he said, um, you can't row. I'm not going to pretend you can. Yeah. <laughs> So good luck. You know, wherever you get in, you get in, pal. Right. We're not Photoshopping your face on an actual rower. That will not be happening. But, you know, and that might, that, it's reasonable that that just be it, right? Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's a conversation you have Becky. around the dinner table. You don't have to actually go online and harass anyone right. about it. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, there are an awful lot of teachable moments. We get them Tons. every day. Yep. Some of them you, you, you can ignore, yep. right? You know, because we can overwhelm our kids and ourselves with just all the material because, because we're sitting here and it is a Wednesday and chances are in the 40 minutes or whatever that we've been talking here, something's happened that would beg a podcast all, yep. all about it. Yep. But Until we, we don't have, have to do that a one. Day. <laughs> Let's go with Right. This we'll go approach. with what we've got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't choke on your outrage. Right. <laughs> Let some of it go. Yeah. But pick some to talk to your kids about yeah. or your partner about or, right? Your right. Use, about. use the teachable moments and, um, and, and, and maybe do a gut check on your own ethic about these things, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? Like that's the, the, the Monica Lewinsky thing. I think, you know, what I'm most grateful to her about is that gut check because yep. it literally was that, you know, like, I don't know where that term came from, but I felt it in my gut. Yep. I felt like this kind of like core of shame yep. of like, you know, oof, oof. man, I know. I, I, th- I think I played a bigger role in this than I'm willing to even really consider really like, and, and, that is just a nice cautionary tale going mm-hmm. forward. Like, mm-hmm. oh, consider the humanity of people. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. All right. Yep. Okay. The, I think we should wrap up. We're wrapping up. This is on purpose, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on episode 13 uh, ish <laughs> <laughs> next week. Have a great week.